Welcome to the third episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of our podcast, our topics are a look back at Patrick's weekend predictions, which for reminder are posted every Thursday on our website, 4thand24.com. We'll take a look at the COVID-19 impact on sports this week, the NFL, and provide a college football bowl game preview. So let's jump right in. And let's start with a recap of Patrick's weekend predictions, starting with college basketball. Patrick correctly predicted number nine, Wisconsin, over number 12, Michigan State. He correctly predicted Louisville over Kentucky. In the matchup of Houston versus UCF, he correctly picked Houston. And going four for four this week in college basketball, Patrick correctly predicted number one, Gonzaga, over number 16, Virginia. Patrick, your thoughts on your college basketball weekend predictions? Uh, yeah, not too many ridiculously hard games to pick this weekend. I tried to pick close ones so that I wouldn't get the easiest 4-0, but uh, Wisconsin-Michigan State was definitely a close one. Michigan State started out as the underdog in that game, ended up being favored, but I picked Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, not too hard this week, though, to be quite honest. Well, let's turn to the NBA, where you did almost equally as well, uh, going 3-1, and one, correctly picking the Nets over the Celtics the Lakers over the Mavericks, the Trailblazers over the Rockets, with your one incorrect pick being the Wizards over the Magic. Yeah, again, I mean, these games are all supposed to be close. They were all the headlining matchups, the national TV games. Uh, The Rockets surprisingly had this game get really close, even with the four players out, but in James Harden's uh, return. And... The Wizards lost, even with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal playing out of their minds. Well, finally, let's turn to the remainder of your predictions for the weekend, which were your NFL picks that um, didn't turn out as well as the others. Uh, You incorrectly picked your Los Angeles Rams over the Seattle Seahawks in a close game that looked like uh, you were going to be right. You incorrectly picked the Colts over the Steelers. Uh, Similarly, the Eagles over the Cowboys, you had picked the Eagles but you did correctly pick the Green Bay Packers over the Tennessee Titans in Sunday night's game. So a rough one and three week uh, for Patrick in the NFL. Uh, despite that, Patrick went eight and four overall in your predictions. Patrick, your thoughts on your NFL picks and, and overall performance this week? Uh, overall, a good week. The NFL, I think, was definitely a lot harder to predict. I went back and forth on all these games. Every team I picked at some point in their games had a lead. The Colts blew a 17-point lead. The Rams were up 3 to nothing. The Eagles were up 14-3 in the first quarter. And the Packers obviously won their game. But all of them had leads. They all had chances to win the game, but kind of blew it. Well, just a reminder that Patrick's predictions for next week will be posted on our website, 4thand24.com. On Thursday, every Thursday, he will predict, predict games for the uh, upcoming weekend. Um, And then with that, let's turn our attention to a a little topic that we want to cover because it did have some significant impact this week on sports and always makes predictions a little tough uh, during this 2020 year and heading into 2021. And that's the COVID impact on sports this week. And there was some notable impact in in various sports. So, Patrick, let's first uh, start with the NBA. Yeah, the Rockets played, I think, eight players or nine players total in their game because they had all of the following players out due to COVID or illness. John Wall, Eric Gordon, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Kenyon Martin, and Ben McLemore, and Mason Jones. That's that's a huge part of their roster. That's three starters that they had out and two important bench role players there. Really affected their play this week. Uh, How about college basketball? Some big news uh, this weekend. 
about a major program? Yeah, Villanova, a top 10 program, uh, favored to win the Big East. They halted all team activities until at least January 2nd. That leaves a few games canceled, and we'll see if they end up making those up later on. Would be very important in the Big East standings to get all those games in. And the college football bowl games continue to be impacted by uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. What's the latest uh, impact on the college football bowl season? Missouri has opted out of the Music City Bowl against Iowa, and that game has now been canceled. And uh, with with that cancellation, we now have uh, four teams, Missouri being the fourth team, to accept a bowl bid and drop out of the game, resulting in three game cancellations with the Army stepping in uh, to fill in one and keep one game alive. And those three cancellations are in addition to the ten bowl games that didn't even try to schedule a game this year due to the impact of COVID. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to see how this plays out over the college football bowl season, uh, which really starts to kick into high gear this week. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the podcast. Finally, let's turn our attention to the NFL, where there was also a significant impact uh, on players and coaches. Yeah, the Lions in this game had five or so coordinators and coaches shifted around, on top of the fact that Daryl Bevel, their interim head coach to begin with, also had to be out of this game, so that made their third head coach of the year. Uh, they, as a result, got blown out by the Bucks, 47-7 on Saturday. They looked awful, especially on defense. And uh, the other NFL news this weekend was significant COVID impact? The Cleveland Browns had their top four receivers out, in addition to Odell Beckham, who is out for the season and has been for a little while now. But safe to say, it does not bode well for your team when you have a two practice squad receivers starting. Yeah, well, let's stay stay with that uh, Cleveland game as we go to our NFL Week 16 recap. Um, let's talk about those depleted Cleveland Browns who lost to the New York Jets, the resurgent New York Jets. 23 to 16. Yeah, the Jets keep uh, the Jets keep reinforcing that they really don't want Trevor Lawrence for whatever reason. I couldn't tell you why. Uh, and they have now won two in a row. The Browns, surprisingly, even though we talked about them only having two active receivers and pulling them up from the practice squad, passed the ball 57 times on Sunday and only ran the ball 18 times. That was astonishing, but in the end, Baker Mayfield fumbled on a QB sneak on 4th and 1 at the end of the game. They had their chance down 7, with about a minute and a half left, and they squandered it. Yeah, very surprising game plan with choosing pass plays 57 times. Didn't get all those passes off due to due to sacks, but 57 passing plays with your receiving core decimated. It's very, very strange stra- strategic uh, plan going into that game. Let's turn to some other AFC action. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Pittsburghs. Uh, sorry, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Indianapolis Colts 28-24. to It looked like the Steelers were going to lose uh, in this second half. Let's talk a little bit about that, Patrick. Yeah, at some point in this game, the Steelers went down 17 points, and they found a way to climb back into this game. We know that the Steelers don't run the ball very well, so maybe being down isn't the worst thing because they're never going to run. They ended up passing their way back into this game. The Colts had a chance down at the 30-yard line at the very end of the game. They did not score a touchdown, and the game ended basically on a Zach Pascal drop. And that 17-point comeback in the second half is the largest second-half comeback in the Mike Tomlin era for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So an impressive come-from-behind victory for the Steelers in a very important game in the AFC playoff hunt. Um, let's look back on other AFC action with playoff implications. On Saturday, the Miami Dolphins defeated the Las Vegas Raiders 26-25. Yeah, the Dolphins pulled an absolute miracle with Ryan Fitzmagic. 
living up to his name. They took two out in the middle of this game. He had about four yards per attempt. Fitzpatrick came in, averaged about 13 per attempt. And on a first down play with only 20 seconds left in the game after the Raiders had taken the lead, he threw a 35-yard pass and got face-masked, and overall they got 50 yards out of that and somehow pulled out a miracle victory on a game-winning field goal to knock the Raiders out of playoff contention. Yeah, that play from Fitzpatrick was miraculous if, if you have a chance to look at it. He didn't just get face-masked. He literally had his helmet pulled to the side, and I don't even know how he threw the pass because he looked like he couldn't even see. He just threw, knew where he was throwing it. Kind of chucked it up there randomly, but yeah. But it, but it all worked out again. Um, let's move on to the NFC. Some important action spread over the weekend. Starting on Friday, uh, Christmas Day, the Saints beat the Vikings 52-33. to Yep, keeps the Saints alive for the one seed in the NFC and that first round bye, which is the most important thing. And Alvin Kamara went insane. We're going to talk about him a little more later. Uh, on Saturday, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Arizona Cardinals 20-12. The 49ers are out of playoff contention. You'd think that the Cardinals would play a lot harder in this game, get this win. In the end, they did not. That makes it so that they're in a much tighter playoff race in the last week. And we will be talking about the uh, playoff picture here on our next podcast, but uh, another important game with playoff implications, Seattle Seahawks defeating the Los Angeles Rams 20-9. to Yep, the Seahawks wrap up the division here. Uh, Jared Goff dislocates his thumb. We don't know about his availability for the last game of the season. That is very, very important to see in their playoff rankings how the Rams would end up there. They needed one win over the final three games to clinch a playoff spot, and it is now looking very, very, very tough. They failed to score on four plays from the one-yard line to tie this game at some point, and that ended up being their downfall, their inability to finish drives, five drives of above ten plays, and only nine points. Now we'll turn our attention to a couple games with implications for the uh, NFC East. Uh, the Carolina Panthers beat the Washington football team 20-13. to yeah, Washington squandered a chance to win the division in a very easy game here. They will now turn their attention to Philadelphia next week to see if they can win that one and somehow waddle their way into the playoffs. And speaking of those Eagles, in true NFC East fashion, uh, they managed to lose to the Dallas Cowboys 37-17. to Yeah, somehow the Cowboys still have their playoff hopes alive at 6-9. and nine. That should never happen. I will be very mad because the Cardinals will probably miss the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight with an NFC team. East team getting in at 7-9, and nine, completely unfair. That's a dumb rule, but anyway. Potentially even a 6-10 and 10 team from the NFC East getting in the playoffs, and we can talk more about that in a subsequent conversation. Now let's turn our attention to some of the more important cross-divisional matchups from last weekend. Uh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Tennessee Titans 40-14. to Yep, the Titans and the Colts lose this week. There is no separation between them for that AFC South title. I believe the Colts are relying on winning themselves and a Titans loss next week to get into the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Packers only need one win to clinch the one seed and home field advantage. And the Chiefs with a 17-14 win over the Atlanta Falcons. That clinches the one seed for them. That is the all-important thing in the NFL. Uh, This was a sloppy game overall. There was a dropped interception in the end zone by A.J. Terrell, and on the very next play, 
Patrick Mahomes threw the go-ahead touchdown to go up 17-14 to Demarcus Robinson. And in this game also, Travis Kelsey set the single-season tight end receiving yards record. So congrats to him. And congrats to both the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Chicago Bears because the Jaguars lost to the Bears 41-17. Yep, the Jaguars, as the Jets decide to finally wake up and win some games, they have now secured the number one draft pick because they are the best team in the NFL losing this season. And the Bears continue to control their own destiny for the playoff race. They are alive. They need to beat the Packers to win and get into the playoffs. And finally, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the New York Giants 27-13. The Ravens are now in the wild card spot heading into week 17. We'll see how those tiebreakers turn out depending on who is in that race. There are eight teams for seven spots in the AFC. And as we mentioned before, the Giants are still alive for the NFC East title despite having a 5-10 record. Uh, there are a lot of meaningful games coming up in week 17, and we'll provide a detailed playoff picture in our next podcast. So uh, let's wrap up our NFL discussion with Patrick's Player of the Week. Patrick, who is it this week? Well, Travis Kelsey set a single-season record, but Alvin Kamara set a ridiculous single-game record. 22 rushes, 155 yards, and a tied for an NFL record on six rushing touchdowns to go with three receptions and 17 yards. Amazing game by Kamara on the rare Friday day football. Now let's turn our attention to college football, where the uh, really meaningful bowl game matchups take place this week, as do the semifinals of the college football playoff. Uh, Let's start with some notable bowl games coming up. We're not going to cover all the bowl games, but we'll start on Tuesday, December 29th with number 21 Oklahoma State facing number 18 Miami in the Cheez-It Bowl. Patrick, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, in my predictions, I have Oklahoma State winning this one 31-24. Miami allowed nearly 800 rushing yards against North Carolina a few weeks back. I think Oklahoma State can exploit that weakness of their running defense and do the same thing to them. They also have Tylen Wallace on the outside, big weapon. So you think Oklahoma State's going to run all over Miami without Chuba Hubbard? Yep. Yes, I do. Right. I think it's just that week. They they let both the running backs from North Carolina, Javante Williams, and their backup run all over them. Who's to say Oklahoma State can't do it with theirs? In a battle of former conference foes, number 20 Texas out of the Big 12 versus Colorado now in the Pac-12, meeting the Alamo Bowl on Tuesday night. I have Texas winning this one 31-21. I think on the surface, this looks like a blowout for Texas. But Colorado's been kind of an underrated team all year. They've felt that they've been underrated. They felt very annoyed when Oregon was picked to replace Washington. There were a few players of theirs on Twitter making fun of the uh, Conference of Champions tag from the Pac-12 Safe to say they're upset. They're going to play hard in this game. They're going to fight. They're going to put up more of a fight than people think they will, but I still think Texas is going to take it. And on Wednesday night, we have the first of the marquee bowl matchups, first of the, quote, New York's New Year's six games, uh, number seven, Florida, against number six, Oklahoma, in the Cotton Bowl. I have Oklahoma winning this one 42-38, and the reason why I have that is because these two teams love to score. Oklahoma does have a good defense, this year, but I still don't think that's enough to hold Florida with Kyle Trask to a few points. I think this game is going to be in the 40s and the 30s for sure. Uh, Oklahoma has some extra motivation. They just came off the Big 12 championship. Unlike Florida, who lost in their conference championship game, they're a little disappointed, and they had a few players talking smack and 
Combine those two factors, I think that bodes well for Oklahoma. Yeah, it's always a safe bet in bowl season. One of the tricky things is a team that just wants to be there, is, is happy to be there versus a team that's disappointed and maybe just going through the motions. We'll see if that applies in this Oklahoma-Florida matchup on Wednesday night. Let's turn our attention to the marquee matchup of conference champions on New Year's Eve, Ball State versus number 22 San Jose State in the Arizona Bowl. If you told me this matchup would be in a bowl game before this season, I would tell you I really don't care and I'm not going to watch it. But here we are today with Ball State as the champion of the MAC and number 22 San Jose State as the champion of the Mountain West. The Mountain West has had a great start in the bowl game so far. I'm picking San Jose State to take this one home 31-28. And on New Year's Day, we've got two early game appetizers before the college football playoff semifinals. First game is number 9 Georgia versus undefeated number 8 Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, Cincinnati is very upset. They're out to prove things. They believe that they should have been in the playoff, just like every undefeated group of five team believes every year. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think Georgia wins this game 42-31. to I definitely think these two teams are evenly matched, but I think JT Daniels and the way that Georgia has been playing, especially considering it's only been two or three games and it's hard to scout that many games, is... Uh, Boating well for Georgia. I think they're going to take this one home. And the other uh, interesting matchup uh, before the college football playoff on New Year's Day that we're previewing is Gus Malzahnless Auburn versus number 14 Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl. Um, Northwestern with a complete turnaround season, um, making it to a New Year's Bowl after a, a miserable season last year, winning the Big Ten West. Patrick, your uh, thoughts on this game? There are a lot of people out there saying that Auburn has too much speed and they're going to destroy Northwestern. Now, I don't think you can put all the speed in the world on a team without their head coach and have them beat a team that has significantly better results than them. Auburn has severely underperformed expectations this season, and I think everybody doubting Northwestern somehow in a game where they definitely should be favored by a lot is going to give them extra motivation. Expect this one to be a close game centered around defenses, 21-17 Northwestern. And we have two games actually on January 2nd uh, of the New Year's New Year Six games. Let's start with number 25, Oregon, versus number 10, Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl. Oregon, the champion of a very, very weak Pac-12. I think they just don't have the stuff to compete with Iowa State. Oregon's two losses this season were to teams that are much, much worse than Iowa State, and I think that just proves that Iowa State has the stuff to contend. And they will probably win this game. Very, very close game, though, I still think. Very defensive-centric game, which is very odd for a Big 12 team, but I think it will be 21-14 Iowa State. And the last of our non-college football playoff games we're going to preview, number 5 Texas A&M versus number 13 North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Talked about it earlier, how the disappointment factor might uh, factor into some of these bowl games. However, I think Texas A&M knows that it did all it could, a little less disappointed than a team that lost in their conference championship game. Uh, Even with North Carolina getting hot at the end of the season with the 800 rushing yard game against Miami, I still think Texas A&M takes this home 35-31. And now let's turn our attention to the two marquee college football games of the week, uh, the college football playoff semifinals, both games being played on January 1st, which feels so much better than in the past playing on New Year's Eve. It just feels right to have these marquee bowl games on New Year's Day, Uh, although it will be a little strange with the Rose Bowl being played in Arlington, Texas, 
instead of Pasadena due to COVID restrictions in Southern California. That game kicks off around 4 o'clock Eastern time and features number one Alabama versus number four Notre Dame. Patrick, your thoughts on that game? Alabama has been the best team in the country throughout the year. There has been no doubt about it. Uh, Notre Dame has struggled against playing against really, really good teams when they are not playing their backup quarterback. So I'm going to pick Alabama to roll in this one, 42-17. Maybe it'll look a little bit like a repeat of uh, 2013 in that national championship game from then. By the way, side note, Alabama is 4-0 playing in Arlington, so they are just at home. Patrick, I'm going to have to disagree with you in this game. Um, I think that there is no way that Notre Dame stays within 25 points of Alabama. So I think you're being kind of generous there. Uh, Let's move on. With that being said, let's just move on to the more compelling matchup. I think everyone agrees uh, this this game is going to be the tighter game. It's definitely probably why they schedule it in prime time. Kicking off around 8 o'clock Eastern time in the Sugar Bowl from New Orleans, it's number two Clemson versus number three Ohio State. Yeah, a rematch of a semifinals game from last year. Same quarterbacks for both teams, which you could argue is basically a reflection of your entire team. Might as well be your whole team. I'm going to pick Clemson to repeat this semifinal win that they had last year, 35-28 to over Ohio State. I see the same kind of thing happening that happened last year in this year's game. Clemson comes out, plays pretty well. Both teams play very well. A few key uh, turnovers, decisions change this game, and Trevor Lawrence's legs come out and change this game. Um, yeah, this one for me is a tough game to predict. There's a lot of a lot of factors heading into this game, some intangibles. First of all, who knows how healthy Ohio State is. Um, the Big Ten Conference had to revise its COVID protocols in order to have Ohio State have a, a more full complement of its roster. It was missing several key players, and I believe almost 20 players, from the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. Um, you've got the revenge factor from last year. I think Ohio State... Feels like uh, uh, some controversial calls went against them, and otherwise they would have won that game. So I'm actually going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to predict an Ohio State uh, full of fully healthy, fully available Ohio State revenge upset over Clemson. Um, I would not be surprised if I'm wrong, and frankly, I wouldn't be unhappy if I was wrong. But I'm going to go out on a limb there. Uh, and so Patrick has Alabama against Clemson, or his predictions for the college football playoff game. And I'm going out on the limb and having Alabama against Ohio State in that game. We will see how all of that turns out on Saturday, and we'll have a detailed look at that playoff game once it's set in our podcast next week. Um, in the meantime, don't forget to check out all of Patrick's more detailed bowl game predictions on our website, 4thand24.com. And also, please do submit any questions or any topics you'd like to hear discussed uh, by us on subsequent podcasts on our website. There's a form that you can click there to submit some questions. We've started getting some questions in, and we will be taking time in future podcasts to answer those questions. But uh, in the meantime, our next podcast will be on Saturday, January 2nd, where we will look back at those college football playoff games we just discussed and predict the key games for the final week of the NFL regular season. Thank you for listening, and please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his NCAA tournament bracket predictions and his complete college football bowl, games pick, bowl game picks, as we just mentioned, on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you so much.